unpopular opinion in three, two, one. Verbal warnings are completely pointless. They may be legal, but what do they actually accomplish? Today, I'm going to be dissecting verbal warnings and suggesting a better path where you can still set clear expectations. And guess what? You can even put them in writing. Hi everyone, welcome back to Lawlands. My name is Sanam and thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you to everyone that has been listening. If you are finding this valuable, then I just want to say, please spread the word and make sure that you subscribe and follow. Now, the reason why I called this podcast Employment Law Done Right was because of the fact that I wanted people to make sure that they were getting employment law correct and that they were doing things correctly in their workplace. The reason why I wanted to have this conversation today is because I've seen many companies, large multi-billion dollar corporations, all the way down to small to medium enterprises using this approach, but they do it in different ways. Sometimes expectations are set informally and just in, in a casual conversation. Sometimes they're set in writing by email. It all depends on the company at the end of the day, but funnily enough, A letter of expectations or setting expectations is something that's not commonly spoken about. I personally couldn't find much about it in my research. And I realized because it is one of those unspoken areas of employment law that is quite frequently used, but not necessarily following a particular piece of legislation or a particular case. But we know that people use this because you need to catch up with your employees and tell them where there's certain performance or conduct concerns. But it's just not openly discussed and no one's laid it out. Hopefully this podcast episode will be a good way for you to get a better understanding of how to set that up. And that's what I wanted to get into today. I want to help you harness employment relations in your workplace. And what that means is finding alternative approaches that might be a little bit more effective than what is commonly known or what may be used out there amongst the community. What I'm trying to get at in a very convoluted way is that There is this unpopular opinion, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people saying verbal warnings are a thing and it should be used. We have a very different system in New Zealand, and I think sometimes what people try to do is they try to make it similar to Australia, and one common misconception is this three warnings and you're out. In New Zealand, it doesn't operate that way. Three warnings and you're out, that's not a thing. It operates based on the fact that you need to look at what the particular situation is that you're dealing with and whether it's fair and reasonable to terminate, even if it has been multiple offenses and multiple warnings given to this employee. And you may be saying, but, 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 Sanam, I read somewhere that, yes, you you can actually give three warnings and terminate someone. Well, the honest truth is they're lying to you. Yes, in some circumstances, maybe in a very high threshold situation, Yes, you could look at termination, but if you're looking at five minutes of lateness here, two minutes of lateness there, or something very low level, and trust me, there are some employers that do actually confront employees over shorter timeframes of lateness, then these are the situations where, no, it's not easy to just terminate somebody. Now, that leads me into verbal warnings. Verbal warnings are a very interesting one because 
a lot of times what I noticed is that employers are still under this impression that you can walk up to an employee and say, look, you're not doing this correctly. This is wrong. Maybe they're coming in late. You need to stop with your lateness. This is your verbal warning. That is not how a verbal warning works. And I wanted to give you a bit of information about it so you can make your opinion and your judgment on whether you believe that this is obsolete or whether it is actually going to be a benefit for your business. Now, when it comes to aspects of a verbal warning, it's still a warning at the end of the day, right? It's in its title, it's in its name. So what that means is that you can't just go around, like I said, having a stern talking to with your employee. It goes a bit beyond that. And what it goes to is that you need to actually still have a fair and reasonable process. Now, we know from a disciplinary process, and which is quite similar to the verbal warning process because it still forms part of a disciplinary to a certain extent, you need to do your investigation, actually find out if the employee was late, for example. You need to make sure that you have very clearly laid out and communicated the issues and the concerns to the employee. And usually you would do this by inviting them to a meeting, getting their feedback. And then from there, you would finalize a verbal warning. Ahaha, but the warning does not get finalized verbally. It is highly recommended that it is put in writing. So do you see? Do you see now? I told you it's not easy, right? And this is why I believe that it's completely obsolete. I cannot see the point of doing this because it's literally just making the employer run around in circles. There are consequences here if you say no and you go ahead with the warning process. Let's say that you're listening to me right now and you're going, Sanam, this is ridiculous. I'm just going to do the verbal warning and I'm going to say to the employee, you have been verbally warned. What happens off the back of that? Well, it means that when you are looking at finally terminating an employee and let's say you've used this verbal warning as leverage to do the next disciplinary process and then you're looking at terminating, this is not going to stand up and it's probably going to be a situation where the employee turns around and raises a grievance saying that I've been disadvantaged, a fair and reasonable process was never followed. So don't go down that path. Do not go down the path of having to deal with an employee that's saying that you haven't done the correct thing. Instead, that's why you're here listening to Lawlands. I believe that there are other ways that you can handle these particular issues in the workplace. And the first thing that I would say is that what I've personally seen is employers will let things fester. Management will do it too. It's it's a lot about finding the red flags. And this is exactly why in the beginning I hammered on into why I created this podcast is because I was really focused on wanting to teach employment law to people because it's just not some general knowledge that you have. So that's why I've noticed that employers and managers, you know, even some HR professionals, they will let things fester a little bit. And then eventually one day everything will come to a head and the employer just wants to fire the employee. The amount of times that I have been on the other end of a call where the employer is saying, I am just done with them. I need them out of the company now. That's okay. We can work through that. But what has been discussed with the employee prior to that situation? And this is where another unpopular opinion or probably not the best approach, but it's between me and you. (laughs) I say that employees are basically like wrangling children. When I was in advisory, I would always equate an employee to a child. And it's not, please don't think that it's because that they're whining or nagging or immature, even though sometimes we have dealt with that. But (laughs) it's not necessarily to do with that, but it is to do with the fact that it's all about disciplining them. 
and making sure that you are persistent, making sure you are consistent and you bring some firmness as well as empathy to the table, just like you would with your own child or any other children. And funnily enough, I was actually listening to Gary V. And Gary V was talking about how employers are always upset when their employees don't care about the business as much as they do. And it happens time and time again. And then I started to think about a particular time when I was representing this employer and they reached out, they wanted advice around disciplining an employee. And we we started talking and I started breaking down the reasons why. And what came up was that this particular employee would be making a chocolate beverage and they would leave a whole bottle of the chocolate sauce outside. Now, this sauce would normally go in the fridge. and If it's left outside, what ends up happening is that you lose $20 worth of product. Now, $20 doesn't seem too bad right now, but if you're constantly having to replace the product in the week, all of a sudden now you're dealing with $100 a week worth of product. So it is, it is serious. But for the employer, it's a much, much, much more serious situation compared to the employee. The employee has just had a slip of the mind, they've forgotten something, and it's not that grave. Now, coupled with that, this particular employee was also leaving chairs outside and they weren't packing up everything correctly and and stacking and doing the uh, closing procedures correctly. You can imagine this obviously made the employer quite angry and the employer said, I would like to discipline them. I want to give them a warning straight away uh, because this is absolutely ridiculous. But sometimes people just do not understand and, and don't get me wrong, sometimes people are, are taking advantage of the system. And that's where we said, look, have you thought about maybe a closing checklist? Or have you thought about a letter of expectations? And that's where it was, oh, what's a letter of expectations? Before I get into it, I would like to say with the letter of expectations, what I would normally suggest is when you're dealing with a minor issue. Now, I say minor I'm not taking it lightly. I know some of these things are very serious for an employer, but I say minor because we're not talking about taking $500 out of a till. We're not talking about punching someone in the workplace. We're talking about maybe five minutes of lateness, leaving a bottle of sauce outside, maybe not closing correctly. Maybe they've um, locked the doors, but forgotten to set the alarm again. We're looking at minor misconduct, maybe minor performance issues too. So the letter of expectation This is where I would suggest when you're dealing with an employee, you've got minor problems, maybe five minutes of lateness here. Let's address it informally. And sometimes a conversation is not enough. Sometimes just having a casual chat as you're walking past the employee, maybe that's not enough. And that's where this comes in. It's where generally an employer would have a conversation with an employee and it would be a discussion that's informal, not heavy, but you're just saying to the employee, hey, look, This is a particular area of concern. Today, you came in five minutes late. It impacts the team. I just wanted to have a chat to you about these expectations. This is what I expect of you moving forward. And this is why it is a concern for us. And then you would solidify that in writing. Even though it's not a written warning, even though it's not a disciplinary process, it's still something that you have in your back pocket to show that this has been clearly communicated to the employee. And before you see any problems that get bigger and bigger and bigger, address them beforehand. So that's where the letter of expectations comes in. And after you've had this informal chat, you give them this informal letter, basically outlining, and it doesn't, please know that it doesn't have to be a letter. I call it a letter of expectations, but it's all about setting expectations, like what I mentioned earlier. Whether that's in an email, whether that's in a letter, 
it's best to just have it in writing, make sure that it has been delivered to the employee so that they are aware of it. But what the what the piece of writing needs to say is the concerns that you discuss with them informally, maybe they were five minutes late, the reference to the policy or a clause in the employment agreement. So if there's any part of the policies that suggest anything, such as you need to make sure that you are ready for work at the times that you are hired to be at work, maybe your employment agreement suggests that, maybe you can refer to their rostering schedule, anything similar to that will be what needs to be set out so that you can always say, look, it's not something that we're pulling out of thin air. This is something that's a part of what you're meant to be doing. Then you would move in to looking at clearly setting out the expectation. You would clearly lay out that this is the concern. This is where we're drawing the need for you to adjust your conduct here. And then here is what we're expecting of you moving forward. We expect you to be at work promptly at the times that you are meant to be at work. And we want to make sure that you are there to open, close, whatever you've got to mention. But that's where you clearly lay out the expectations. I found that this was one where employers might get a little bit wishy-washy. And it's really important to drive in that point of what the actual expectation is. Now, from there, you would go into a couple of points here because I really want to hone in on the fact that this is an informal step. You can't be saying that this is disciplinary, this is a part of a disciplinary process. So make sure that you outline the fact that it's not a disciplinary process, that there is no disciplinary action. Because I can tell you, a representative on the other side will love the fact that this seems like it is a disciplinary process or that you've disadvantaged this particular employee, very clearly lay out that this is not a disciplinary process. There is no disciplinary action being taken here. And without a formal proper process, there will be no disciplinary outcome or action taken. And then after that as well, just to tie it off, again, mentioning if we do proceed into a disciplinary process later on down the track, if this conduct occurs again, then you may be looking at something like a written warning, or you can say up to or including a written warning, whatever you'd like your wording to be. Do not for low-level offenses, I know nobody's going to say this to you straight up, but do not for low-level issues like five minutes lateness. And like I said, it's not that I'm not empathetic. I have to be realistic with you about what is going to be an issue in, in terms of a representative saying you've disadvantaged this person. Make sure that you're not saying that you're going to be giving them a first and final written warning or anything like that for, for lateness, especially if it's five minutes. It's not necessarily a need and a must in terms of it being part of legislation or case law, but more so what I've seen. And the reason why I have suggested this particular approach is because a verbal warning is not going to work. And clearly laying out, even if it's informal, clearly laying out your concerns, your expectations, pointing to where this is coming from, as well as what will happen if things continue, is going to be very critical in you managing an employee. It doesn't always have to be about conduct. It can be about performance too, like I've mentioned. But I would say just be a bit careful around performance because you've got your whole informal interventions and then your whole performance management process that you can do there. So this is not always the best forum for performance issues, but if you want to give the employee a chance before even kicking off the informal performance concerns processes, then this is a great step. This is a great step to just have them 
understand that you're a little bit serious about what's going on and that you really want them to get their act together. I'll just do a quick recap for the entire process. With setting expectations, you need to speak to your employee first. Make sure it's informal. Don't make it really heavy. You need to pull the employee aside and say that, look, I just wanted to have a chat to you informally about a couple of things. Maybe you've already discussed them briefly in the past. Leverage off of that. If not, I've just noticed a couple of things and I just wanted to have an informal chat. Make sure that you're trying to speak to them, empathize with them, and also send them after that a confirmation of what was discussed in writing. And then that way, that's where you can detail what we just spoke about. And then from there, make sure that you're not treating anything like a formal process. It is informal, so keep the language lighter. Now, you may be saying, look, the disciplinary process is the way to go. (laughs) What are the benefits of setting expectations? One thing I can say, disciplinary takes time. And it shouldn't be something that's completely coming out of the blue. A lot of times you do a disciplinary and people don't like that. I know that if I went through a disciplinary process, I would be so frustrated. I can only imagine how employees must feel when they're being reprimanded and they could completely be at fault. Mind you, I could completely be at fault, but I would still be very frustrated. Disciplinaries take time. If it is something where you're okay to just chat to the employee and set expectations first off and try that firsthand, and then move into a disciplinary if it continues, then this is a great option because you will address things very swiftly. It can take a couple of weeks or or three weeks to finalize off a disciplinary by the time you write up the letter, by the time you send this to the employee, give them ample notice, have them come into a couple of meetings and then deliver the outcome. It's going to take time. The other side of it as well would be that early intervention means you don't have a bigger problem. Sometimes when you step in, a bit earlier on and not letting that that snowball and become a point at which you're just saying, look, I just want to terminate this person. I want them out. That's where it will be really beneficial. It will catch things early on and it'll be a very swift process. And also keep in mind that sometimes we are under the impression that an employee is being a particular way, but there might be other things happening. Maybe there's some sort of bullying in the workplace. Maybe the employee feels like they haven't been trained. Maybe they didn't understand. Think back to my chocolate sauce story. (laughs) There was a couple of things that came out of that. One was that this employee just needed a little bit of a nudge in the right direction. They weren't purposely trying to do the wrong thing. It was the fact that they were just merely forgetting to do something. Once we put a checklist in place, the employee picked up and they were doing a lot better. And I know it's not ideal for an employer to have to sit there and work with their employees and tweak with their employees' checklists and just getting the basics right. But sometimes what may seem like a basic for you might not be a basic for the employee. And keep in mind that they're not always going to be as invested in the business as you are. The last thing that I'd like to say is that at the end of the day, whenever you set expectations and you put that in informally in writing, you can branch off of that. Keep that in mind. Many, many times have I recommended and advised employers to set these expectations and leverage off of that and use that for a disciplinary process if the employee does the same conduct again. So you're late again. Now we're going into a disciplinary process and make sure that you're acting on it quickly. It's all about doing things swiftly. So keep that in mind. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, 
then please make sure that you subscribe and follow and make sure that you jump over onto LinkedIn. Give me a follow. I post quite regularly on there and it's different content to what I put out as my episodes. I've got all of my details and all of the information listed in the description. Now, speaking of the description, it is going to be a bit light today in terms of resources, because like I said earlier on, there is nothing out there about setting expectations. Everyone does it to some extent, but no one really talks about it. Well, thank you so much, everyone. I hope you have a lovely day, night, morning, evening, whatever it may be, and I will catch you in the next one. (laughs) 